0: Turn up the volume, turn up the flavour. Wings, beers and sporting glory. Only at Wing House. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. Welcome to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. It's great to be with you after now we've had the chance to all sort of decompress and take in the NFL season that was the Super Bowl that was last Monday, Australian time. And, uh, and now just sort of have a little moment of, of, of uh, just a moment to breathe really for NFL fans but not for uh, the, the general American sports fan because there's still plenty happening right around the USA and North America in general but today we are going to look at the Super Bowl and recap the, the match from a couple of days ago and the man to do it with me as always is the Chief live from New York well I assume you're back in New York Chief how's things good morning oh yes I'm in
1: New York we got some snow this morning uh, I'm doing very well Jordy happy to be on
0: how was uh, how was your week after the uh, the Super Bowl? What what was what was the the agenda like after uh, Monday or Sunday your times match?
1: Yeah, you know, it definitely had to recover. Eight, eight nights in Vegas is a lot, um, and uh, uh, it was working in the mornings, so it was it was long days. But still had a very busy week. Had a lot going on, and just so much sports going on in the U.S. It's amazing how the other sports uh, kind of fill the void and really start firing out some having their season debuts this weekend and we have a holiday weekend too with uh, President's Day here on, on Monday so just jam-packed weekend of sports.
0: Absolutely yeah there's there's plenty going on with uh, with pretty much all four major codes um, with the Super Bowl we'll recap baseball there's been some news even though uh, they are in the off season right now but there's been plenty of news around in the baseball world plus the NBA and NHL in season at the moment plus we'll get to some motorsport as well later on uh, in the all-American hour here on SEM this morning but um, Chief I think it's uh, it's probably appropriate that we look back on the Super Bowl we haven't spoken yet since um, since the match a couple of days ago where the Chiefs won their uh, their third Super Bowl in the last five years second in a row and uh, defeating the San Francisco 49ers 25 to 22 in uh, what ended up being the longest Super Bowl of all time it took us all the way down to three seconds to go in overtime.
1: Yes, yeah, seventh longest game in the history of the NFL, and you know we said kind of going in that there weren't you know massive storylines, and it was a you know obviously a very balanced game with San Francisco just being the slightest of favorites that it was going to take some sort of wild game to really stamp this one in history and it was that exactly that with the the new overtime rules uh, you know just the the way the, the game went back and forth late and then the way the overtime went back and forth just had uh, about as dramatic a super bowl certainly really maybe the most dramatic super bowl of all time uh considering that circumstance
0: where do, yeah where would you where would you rank the super bowl i know we've got uh, uh recency bias maybe playing a part in, in our judgment here but um, we've seen some great Super Bowls in, in recent years we've had uh, I mean last year's Super Bowl was a high scoring affair which was a three-point difference in the end the, the famous now or uh, well, infamous perhaps New England Atlanta Super Bowl a couple of years ago New England Seattle Super Bowl as well all from recent times and then obviously uh, you and I spoke about well you put your list together of top five Super Bowls and uh, had the, the helmet catch David Tyree that Super Bowl was right up there plus all the ones that go back through history. So where would, I know it's hard to sort of rank and and actually put a number on it, but if you were to generalise and say top three, top five, top ten, just put an an overall kind of roundabout number on it, where would you put uh, last Monday's Super Bowl?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely got to be top three. I think it's in the debate uh, of, you know, all time great. And The first quarter was very slow, but we got a whole fifth quarter. You know, it was like yeah. a, a classic heavyweight boxing match scheduled for 12 rounds where the first three rounds, it's just kind of feel them out and they go, you know, we're going to make this a 15 round fight. And, that, and that's really kind of how it, it played out. So as a fan, you got just, just, and the fourth quarter, I mean, the fourth quarter was dramatic enough and uh just so many odd plays you had seven fumbles six of them recovered by the chiefs Mm -hmm. so the chiefs got very lucky with the way that oblong ball bounces around so uh it, it really had you know a little bit of everything with uh you know obviously patrick mahomes just having a just a phenomenal game at the end 333 yards passing 66 yards rushing and Obviously, the key play of the game was it was fourth and one. Uh, it was a, a match point for the San Francisco 49ers if they could have stopped uh, the Chiefs on that fourth and one. It was a short fourth down, but what do the Chiefs do? They keep the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, run a little naked bootleg. He gets an easy first down, and then another huge run in that final drive setting up uh, the touchdown pass to McCall Hardman, who yeah. had, I think, three catches all season. <laughs> One, he was with the New York Jets to start the season and then rejoined the Kansas City Chiefs. So you had just the most unlikely of a final uh, Super Bowl hero, the, the last guy who touched the ball. Um, you, you possibly had Juwan Jennings, could have been the MVP, someone who's 370 to 1 to win the MVP. Uh, had uh, the 49ers defense stop the Chiefs there. So... Yeah, we have recency bias. I was, you know, in the media bus going ho- home. There were some guys talking and they weren't the sharpest of characters, but they were saying it was the best they've ever seen, the best <laughs> Super Bowl ever. So, um yeah, I think you got to put it in the debate.
0: Yeah, the uh the, the match-winning moments as you said, that they were the ones that I noted down to. I mean, there was uh there was some obviously plays in the in the last quarter of, of regular time, but it was that final drive of um, of the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and obviously that was going to be the match-winning moment because it was a match-winning drive. But within those, within that drive, those individual plays that fourth and one that Mahomes picked up with his feet, um, it was with about six and a half minutes to go in in overtime. Uh, that was kind of, when he when he he almost walked it in. I mean, it was such a, a well-designed play that he had no pressure around him in the immediate uh, moment after the snap. And just kind of, you just sort of strolled around for the first down, and then, and then that the third and one you're referring to as well, uh, with about two minutes to go in overtime. That was the, the next one that just put them in great position, and that was, um, I think, the penultimate play of the game ended up being uh, right before the, that touchdown pass, um, and uh, and that was yeah, that those were the moments. So that but it was the first one really when there was still six and a bit minutes to go, and they were still around about midfield, and they picked up fourth and one. Um, to, to start a new set of downs where you sort of went, okay, this is probably now, you can't see how it couldn't be the Chiefs from here. Yeah.
1: And, you know, again, the clock didn't really matter at that point because that could have very easily went into double overtime had they not scored. It was just that Chiefs had a chance to possess the ball. So that's why they would have to go for it on fourth down. we'll talk about the overtime strategy and whether you should kick or receive and and that in a bit. But uh, one other thing to mention, too, is the field goal kicking. I know you guys like to see long kicks being made. And wow, I mean, 50 yarders, clutch kicks on both sides. uh, But really, one of the key plays was a blocked extra point uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs, Leo Chenal, who uh, um, really that one point was so key at the end of that uh, regulation and and strategy and um, allowed the, the Chiefs to be able to set it to overtime with just a field goal.
0: Uh, the first half let's let's start from the top and just sort of work our way through. the, the first half in general, so we'll just generalize the first two quarters. It was um, very defensive. it was uh, there was not many first downs that got picked up. I think the chiefs had one first down I believe for the whole first half. Um, the yardage was was really low and as you said, it was mainly defensive plays. There were fumbles everywhere. there was a fumble on the first couple of drives for each uh, team. then there was interceptions, even out of half time as well so even beyond the first half. Um, the the chief's opening drive of that uh, of that second half had a, a fumble which they recovered on their own but then the interception from Patrick Mahomes but it was a, a very defensive affair which um I guess it maybe didn't come quite as a shock maybe to the extent that we saw how defensive it was was maybe a little bit of a surprise but I guess when you look at uh, the 49ers and, and their individuals that they've got on defense uh, the Chiefs you know coming into this match with the second best defense in the league and, and Steve Spagnolo leading them um from the sideline it was maybe you sort of went okay this maybe makes sense even though it was you know you want to see scoring in the Super Bowl but it was uh it was those defenses which set the tone early on in the match
1: yeah but uh, you know the 49ers really played uh, really at an edge early you know they had a 10point lead probably should have been more they were able to move the ball where the Chiefs weren't able at all very early. And uh, again, special teams, Tommy Townsend did a great job punting for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And um, he yeah, got a couple muff punts later in the game. That was that was massive uh, by the 49ers. But yeah, it really felt like maybe a little bit more missed opportunity for the 49ers. They seemed to have a little bit more control, but the, the defenses were really good. it A lot of times the Super Bowls play out like that, where I think Tom Brady, almost every one of his Super Bowls uh, were 0-0 after the first quarter. I mean, lots of uh, scoreless Super Bowls, and then the scoring really tends to pick up, and and late, as we saw it, sometimes it just completely flips, but another key uh, was in-game injuries. Dre Greenlaw of the uh, San Francisco 49ers tore his Achilles running back on the field, one of those moments where, probably ready to pop anyway, but... Just an awful way to get injured and really shook the team up. And his replacement didn't do nearly as good a job. Uh, George Kittle also injured within the game as well. So San Fran really, uh, it, it was tough. Uh, and backing the 49ers and, and wanting to see them win, it, it really felt like they had so many things go against them in that game. Like I guess it's six out of seven fumbles, the in-game injuries, and just a lot of weird plays that all seemed yeah. to to favor the Chiefs.
0: But then in the second half, it did open up, didn't it? As you said, we, we tend to see matches open up in the second half, and it probably wasn't until halfway through the third quarter where we saw uh, things starting to open up. So um, Patrick Mahomes picked up a, a few first downs again with you know running the ball himself, and then and that got the um, that got things rolling for the Chiefs. And then it was that muffed punt, Tommy Townsend's punt, Ray Ray McLeod's. Um, fumble it wasn't actually really his fumble it it bounced off his a teammate in front of him one of the the blockers in front of him it sort of skimmed off his his calf and his heel and that put it off course so McLeod had to go and pick it up because it had been touched by the returning team and then but he wasn't able to to retrieve it and ended up being a turnover and that really lit the the blue touch paper for the um for the Kansas City Chiefs next drive um you know they they get that Uh, get that score then the next drive san francisco go for it on fourth down in the red zone which led to Juwan jennings touchdown Uh, and that was um that was what got the ball rolling i suppose in the in the scoring department
1: yeah it really took that turnover to get the chiefs offense going where they really had just a very short field and and uh, martel's valdo scantling getting the first touchdown so again it wasn't the big names for kansas city getting the uh the points but um, yeah, it, it, again, you, you really laid it out. It really took some fortunate plays to kind of get the KC offense going. But then once it did get going, they they did move the ball very well when they had to. And uh, I think a, a bit of, you know, coaching edge there, certainly on the – Defensive side Steve Spagnuolo of the Kansas City Chiefs getting lauded. He also got re-signed as uh, the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs. So Steve Spagnuolo winning his his fourth Super Bowl three with Kansas City and then one as a New York Giants defensive coordinator, uh, beating that undefeated uh, New England Patriots team and holding to fourteen points. So he's really developed his his leg built his legacy and uh, yeah, I think coaching at the end too was an edge for the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, so that was the first and second half, and then uh, and then we've mentioned the overtime already, and, and Mahomes and those um, those first downs he picked up, particularly the one on, on fourth down with um, with six to go on the clock, and that was um, what led uh, the Chiefs to to win their Super Bowl 25 22, and uh, and winning two in a row now. the um the, the 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 best players of the game, Chief. I mean, Mahomes won the, the Super Bowl MVP, but um, who are the ones that stood up to you? Because we, we spoke about... we Last week when we did our, our daily show, we were talking about, you know, we went through sort of um, unit by unit and we're talking about offense, defense, yada, yada. And then we sort of... At the end of the week, we spoke about the role players and it really felt like this match was... Uh, was a, the, 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 the the style of game was built for the role player, wasn't it? It was, um, it was not one exactly where the star players stood up. I mean, apart from Mahomes, who was consistent all the way through, but... Um, even Travis Kelsey didn't really get going until until late in the piece and his numbers ended up being pretty good on on the box score, but it was it was late in the game that, that he started to shine through. but for most of the duration of the match, it was uh, on, on high rotation through all of uh, all of the different lines on the death chart.
1: Yeah, and really quiet game for Debo Samuel who I thought was going to have a much bigger impact on the game. He'd been dealing with injury. But he was really slowed down. So Trent McDuffie, the, the cornerback uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, he was uh, the best defensive player uh, and really one of the, you know, key players in the game. Leo Chanel, I mentioned, who had that block extra point, was also key on defense. But really, the, the ability for the uh, Chiefs to shut down Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk had a quiet game. Um it, Christian McCaffrey ended up having pretty good numbers, 80 yards rushing, 80 yards receiving, obviously the key fumble, he did score the touchdown, but um, wasn't as productive running as you would have thought, and and there was, key, there was moments where you thought he, they were going to take over, because he was getting some six, seven-yard runs where it looked like, alright, um, now they're going to be able to control it, but the key play, uh, that he would get stopped, and... Uh, So, uh, yeah, it it wasn't necessarily, you know, on the uh, Chiefs side, it was, yeah, uh, Valdez Gantling scoring the touchdown. It was McCall Hardman, uh, Christian Watson, who we spoke with. He had four catches for 40 yards, key fumble recovery. Uh, And, yeah, Juwan Jennings, we also did, (laughs) we got a chance to speak to him. We talked about his blocking, but it ended up being his passing. He threw the first touchdown pass of the game and then ended up scoring what would have been – the The winning touchdown had uh, had the 49ers been able to hold on.
0: Yeah, I, I liked. pardon um, <clears throat> I me, mean, I had Trent McDuffie as well written down, one of the first names I wrote down for the um, for the Chiefs for um, for his role in, the, in in the game, and also Rasheed Rice. I thought actually his second half and his last quarter uh, was uh, he was targeted quite a few times by uh, by Patrick Mahomes and um, and was was able to was, he was part of that that movement in, in getting the ball downfield and. Uh, and helping the, the chiefs um, you know at least tie the game and, and take it to overtime so I thought his, his influence late in the piece was also was also very good so yeah the role players in the match um, and then uh, and then the overtime that we head to so've spoken about the plays but the strategy uh, in overtime and just how this new the new the new set of rules for overtime in playoffs worked where each team gets guaranteed one possession I, I like the, um, the format I think it's a format that they need to employ throughout the whole season. Um, it just it feels a lot fairer um, but uh, but how you go about it and how you approach it um, what did you take away from, uh, from from how the two Super Bowl teams uh, approached over time uh, a week ago
1: well yeah I think it's extremely fair and, and in fact it's it's really become such a big debate on should you take the ball or should you kick the ball so it really makes that coin toss almost irrelevant um, so, so one um, simulation that said if you you take the ball, you have a 51% chance of winning, maybe. Uh, but in this case, uh, and a lot of it's second thinking, and a lot of people are saying that the 49ers made a huge mistake by taking the ball first and that they were looking ahead to the potential third possession and not the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs knew what they had to do. And they knew that they, a field goal would tie it, a touchdown would win it. They'd go for every every fourth down, obviously, because you he got to go for it. Uh, because once you lose possession, the game's over. So in the college format, you almost certainly want to go. You almost exclusively want to go second because of that reason. But in college, it's a complete reset after this, and that's not the case. So everyone is looking at the fact, and again, the offenses were moving the ball very well. Um, the 49ers defense was was very tired. That was also a reason why, also to take the ball because the 49ers defense was just on the field. For that long period of time, uh, the drive that ended up tying the game in regulation to go put that defense back on the field. That was another reason why the 49ers decided to take the ball. But everyone's saying you got to take the ball second. I want to make a bet live the next time the team who gets the ball second is going to lose. It was going to happen, it's going to be punt, punt, field goal. And everyone's just assuming that it was going to be, and it really could have very easily been a punt to start that first um, drive by the 49ers in overtime was extended by a defensive holding call. It could have very easily been a situation where they would have been forced to punt and then maybe held. Now the chiefs maybe wouldn't have gone for it. Now fourth and one, they probably would have considered, especially considering again, everyone says they have that. They, they do have that strategy edge where uh, they know what they're going to do. Um, now, now it would be interesting also that the chiefs had said if, The 49ers had scored a touchdown, kicked the extra point that they would have gone for two to win the game or lose the game, which would have been absolutely insane way to to end a a Super Bowl uh, because they knew then if they were kicking the ball back to the 49ers, all they had to do was get a field goal to uh, to win. So um, there's a lot of strategy. I think a lot of people are second guessing the 49ers. I think they did the right thing um, in, in taking the ball. And I think, yeah, next time it's going to be a, a bit different. I think the team that everyone's going to say, oh, you know, you want the ball second, and that team's going to end up losing because of the advantage you get third time where you score, the game is over.
0: Chief, I wanted to, uh, to ask you, you wanted to bring up something about the opinions of, of the coaches and quarterbacks and what effect that has on them?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you got Andy Reid now winning his third Super Bowl, moving into elite territory, same with you know obviously Patrick Mahomes. We were discussing top quarterbacks of all time, and I went back and forth with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. And the only reason why I put Tom Brady number one was because of just the incredible longevity. Um, now it's getting much even t- tighter because I mean Patrick Mahomes pretty much you know offensively won that game uh, pretty much single-handedly. I mean and he carried them through the, out the whole season more as a game manager, but. Um, You know, that team may have won five or six games this year, if they had just an average quarterback, Uh, just very, very poor offensive team. The defense was great. And then on the other side, uh, you know, I don't think you can knock Brock Purdy at all. I think Brock Purdy had a very solid game, didn't turn the ball over with all the the Niners miscues, and none of them were on him. And uh, he, he played a very solid game, Brock Purdy, and he's still very early in his career, and I, I don't think this really – and really the least – it's odd. No one's talking about him after the game because he did his job. He didn't go out and win the game, which maybe he could have at a moment. But uh, he certainly didn't lose it for the 49ers. Yeah. But Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, uh, this is just rough because, again, at one point he had an 87% chance of winning the, the 49ers uh, late in that game. And, again, it, late in the game he just doesn't get the win. And he, he, can, he had some, again, tough breaks, in-game injuries, the fumbles. But – you know, some of it's got to be on him and the play calling. And uh, again, I, I don't question the strategy with taking the ball in overtime, but um, it didn't work out. And, um, and that's the bottom line. And he's got, you know, a couple just brutal Super Bowl losses as a head coach. And one is an offensive coordinator that, you know, you're up 28 3 and you don't score again and lose 34 28 when he was the uh, offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Chief, tell us about the um, the event overall. So you were there. You were in Vegas. So you were there. You soaked it up all week long, and then and then in the stadium for the match. Um, what was it like? Tell us about the uh, just the experience of it all.
1: Yeah, it was great. It really was great. There was a, a lot of football fans. There was a, you know more Niners fans, but still plenty of Kansas City fans. But there was it was just a lot of people into the game, and uh, obviously the game was you know really close throughout, and, and the crowd was just so engaged. Um, and it's a, just a great venue. Maybe the, you know, the best brand new stadium. It's quite small. If you're really on top of it, some of these, the newer stadiums are just monstrosities here in New York. Our, our football stadium is just just so much further away from the field here. You kind of felt right on top of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the traffic was brutal, you know, getting out of the stadium and getting around the city uh, on Saturday night and Sunday night. But, um. It was still, you know, I think a, a very successful Super Bowl, and I think certainly uh, Las Vegas will be hosting again at some point.
0: Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to send through your text messages. Uh, Tim from Brighton says, "Morning, Geordie and the Chief. The saving grace for the Kansas City Chiefs, as it had been all year, was the defense and the kicking of Harrison Butker, setting a Super Bowl record with fifty-seven with a fifty-seven yard field goal in the third quarter to cut the San Francisco lead." Um. Yeah, that was uh, yeah the, the defense and the uh, and the kicking. I mean, you know, you always talk about the offense and all the stars on offense and Patrick Mahomes and obviously they are the ones that score you the points. But you need to have a sound defense, and, and they certainly did. And Harrison Butker was um, a, a player that I put in my top five most important players uh, for each or for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, uh, notwithstanding the quarterback uh, in, in 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 last week's episode. And so you know he came through again, Harrison Butker, with those. With that consistency and that uh, that long range scoring,
1: yeah. Steve Christie held the record for longest su- uh, field goal in a Super Bowl for um, about 35 years, and then Jake Moody broke it and held it for about 35 minutes, yeah. <laughs> and then it was rebroken by uh, Harrison Butker. But yeah, we even said that before the game that uh, that's a, you know it was an edge, and, and it wasn't you know Jake Moody obviously the extra point was blocked, but how uh, how clutch Harrison Butker is in, in playoffs, and and he was once again.
0: There is a uh, there's a video on YouTube. Uh, they do this pretty much every week. The NFL uh, called "miked up," uh, where they have uh, players, different players from different games, mic'd up, um, and they they will cut the audio together and put them in compilation videos on YouTube. Uh, and they're pretty entertaining generally. I mean, most of the time during the season, there's not much of a of a storyline to it. It's just they just take the best bits and put them together in a compilation video. But they did uh, they did the mic'd up uh, video for the Super Bowl and this one uh, probably flows a bit better because you see the it, it goes in chronological order so you can see it from start to end uh, from the first the start of the first quarter and it just follows the timeline all the way through to the end of overtime so it's it's really cool seeing um seeing uh, from a more sort of intimate perspective i guess what the players are thinking because they're talking to each other on the sideline and and trying to strategize and, and sharing their sort of immediate um, thoughts and emotions to each other, uh, so I urge anyone to go and watch it. It's it's about a 40 minute watch, so it is a bit of a you got to sit down and, and and make some time for it. Um, but yeah, NFL Super Bowl mic'd up, so M I C apostrophe D um, on YouTube and uh, and watch the the most recent one just came out a couple of days ago. But there was actually some interesting um, things to take from from this video. It gave us uh, a, almost a, a look behind the curtains. Uh, on the Super Bowl and it shows it from different camera angles as well. So there's, they've got cameras set up on the sideline, cameras sitting pretty much right behind the benches when the players are there sitting down and so you're seeing them and their, and their facial expressions and the emotions um, right up close. So it's a very sort of intimate look um, uh, away from just the regular broadcast perspective that we watch on TV. Um, and they also play the, the radio commentary too. So there's Kevin Harlan from Westwood One and then the local teams from, from Kansas City and San Francisco Local radio broadcast in the match, so it's a very different look um, at the at the at the game, Chief. But um, there was a few things that I took away from this. Firstly, number one was Chris Jones on the uh, on the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. What a what a star he is, and also a, a spiritual leader. Really, I mean, I know Mahomes is the figurehead of the team, and Travis Kelsey's one of the, the senior figures as well, and he's a a great voice on offense. He's a he's a big vocal leader on offense, but. It's um, it's probably understated just how important Chris Jones is on that defense of the Chiefs and how much he rallies that team.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, team leader, great pass rusher. Yeah. Um... He's got some contract issues. We're not sure, but he's almost certainly going to be coming back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Though uh, he could he could leave with uh, his contract is up. But uh, absolutely uh, great team leader, Chris Jones, and yeah, the, the mic up, and it really comes from NFL films inside the NFL, and this is something that they've done, you know, for. I don't know, 30, 40 years of having this and 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 really having movie quality production. Yeah. And it was a big reason why the NFL is so popular. Uh, you know, growing up uh, on TV, there weren't these talking head shows, and it was better because it was they would show all these old films and all these um, great insights into the way footballs played and and with the music, and they just they just build it up and. Um, package it like a, a dramatic movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very cinematic, absolutely. The other thing I took away from it as well was, um, uh, so when Dre Greenlaw popped his Achilles when he was running onto the field, the reaction from Fred Warner, so he's the opposite number really to, to Chris Jones. He's the, the defensive captain for the 49ers. He's the, the, the figurehead there. He's the spiritual leader on that defense. Great player as well. He was matched up on Travis Kelsey at moments during the match as well. Had a big uh, a big stop on him at the end of the re- regulation. But um, just how much it, it actually affected Fred Warner. I mean, he was he was on the bench after Dre Greenlaw. Actually, he was right next to Dre Greenlaw when they were running on the field when the Achilles injury happened. And the reaction, because he was one of the players mic'd up, Fred Warner. So you heard him and his, his immediate reaction in crystal clear quality. And he just... He went. I think he said something like, "Oh no!" And he took his helmet off, and he almost—I think he threw his helmet on the ground uh, when he was on the field when he saw the Achilles, his teammates' Achilles go. And then afterwards, it showed Fred Warner on the bench, and he was—he was in tears. I mean, he was crying. He was—you know—Nick Bosa had to come across and say, "You know, get your head back in the game," and—and and, you know, you know, so, you know, almost sort yourself out in—in in a way. But. Um, yeah, I, I, it was it was almost uh, stunning to see how much it emotionally affected Fred Warner. I mean, it's it's a high high stakes game and emotions are running high, and everyone was sort of you know redlining through the through the match. But um, look, it probably didn't in the end. It probably didn't affect the 49ers that much because they didn't after that moment they didn't they didn't get blown out. It, it, they took it to overtime, so it wasn't as if it was um, a major turning point in the match. But it was still something that affected them emotionally. No,
1: certainly, and in a close game, it, it could have been the difference, and Greg Greenlaw could have made a key play. Uh, and again, yeah, Fred Warner could have you know, been a little, just, I'm sure he wasn't distracted on the field to play, but maybe off the field in, in a moment where he should be thinking about strategies. He's thinking about a, a player and a teammate that he obviously is close with, who may, you know, have, Achilles could be career-ending. I mean, it could be really, uh, a, you know, obviously a very serious injury. Um, But, yeah, that was a a key play. And, you know, seeing the uh, emotions. uh, One of the other ones I'll note is George Kittle. George Kittle's getting a lot of heat because he had two catches for four yards, and he was talking about how big a game he was going to play. And then throughout the game, him being mic'd up, it was almost like uh, people are comparing it to like he's playing week six against the Carolina Panthers. Just um, there was a, a key fumble recovery, that first fumble of the game. Uh, by Christian McCaffrey when it looked like the 49ers were going to get that first big key score to kind of set the tone, and McCaffrey fumbled. George Karloftis got the the fumble recovery. also had a very good game. Um, And... George Kittle was talking to him. He was he was asking like, oh, "You got a great name, or something? I mean, you know, Dave George yeah. or something." And uh, again, I, I don't really blame because you know he he was he was looking at the player he should have been looking at. And the only reason why he knew the ball was loose was because he saw George Karlofus go for it. Um, he shouldn't be looking back at the play. You wouldn't think, and um, and the fact that you know it wasn't screamed out that there was a loose ball, uh, and and. George Karlof has got the jump and got the fumble recovery. Um, you, you you mentioned Nick Bose. Nick Bose also had a phenomenal game for the uh, uh, 49ers, oh, and he he's was probably he, held he, half a dozen times too. And that's yeah. <laughs> another big bone of contention is that the Kansas City Chiefs one of the leading teams in holding penalties throughout the regular season and they played three super bowls they've won three super bowls and they have not been called for one offensive holding in any of the three right. and there was a couple where uh, it definitely looked like Nick Bosa was held and uh there's some upset you know 49ers fans for a lot of reasons but when the officiating doesn't help you out um though uh, the, the, uh, you got to give the officials credit they really let the game be played um uh, a lot of NFL regular season games are just flag fests, and they're really hard to watch. So they let them play, and uh, you know, really the key, most key penalty in the game was the uh, was that holding uh, defensive holding in the beginning of overtime. Because had the 49ers had a punt there, then it, you know the Chiefs almost certainly were going to win with just needing a field goal. So um, the one key penalty was against the Chiefs. And there was another one. that was a horse collar early against uh, that should not have been called on the Chiefs. So I'm not saying that it was it was biased, but the fact that the Chiefs haven't been called for holding in the, in the Super Bowl is uh, a bit alarming.
0: I was going to mention Nick Bosa as well. I forgot to to bring him up, but yeah, great point. Nick Bosa he was he was Patrick Mahomes' shadow all day. He was just he was pressuring him. He was getting past that offensive line and just and just haranguing Mahomes. Mahomes had Nick Bosa in his in his in his face pretty much the whole match. It was just. Uh, it was, it was Bosa versus Mahomes, it felt like, for, for most of the game. Chief, a couple of final points to make on the Super Bowl here in our Super Bowl review show. Uh, some quick fire points. Firstly, uh, they're already talking about the three-peat, the Kansas City Chiefs. They had barely got their hands on the Vince Lombardi trophy, and Patrick Mahomes is already talking about wanting to go back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Travis Kelsey mentioned it in his uh, speech on the podium with Jim Nance. Has that, has that, surprised, has that stunned you that, that, you know, that, that was, you know... The body was still warm, and they're still talk- and They're already talking about a three-peat.
1: No, I mean, yeah, you know, it's never happened. Um, so uh, they want to do it. That's obviously the, f- the first thing you probably think about after you win one is let's do this again. Um, it's going to be, a- obviously, the 31 other teams are going to try to keep that from happening.
0: The San Francisco 49ers uh, in 24 to 48 hours after the match uh, let go their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Surprise, just one season in the chair.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I hope they don't blame him for this loss. I wouldn't. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, the Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid little blow-up in the uh, in the first quarter in the match, what did you make of that? They, Travis Kelsey came out in his podcast during the week with, uh, with his brother Jason and sort of mentioned it was all out of love and, you know, he wouldn't do that with anyone else um, that he wasn't, you know, less comfortable with, I suppose, but he was comfortable with Andy Reid to be able to do that and to get up in his face and... Uh, expresses frustration what did you make of it was it a good look or not
1: you know it's not a good look but again their relationships you know very close and um, if Andy Reid wasn't upset by it then then none of us really should be
0: what'd you make of halftime Usher
1: uh you know it was great because I got a chance to go to the bathroom with no line and (laughs) the line after actually a lot of people were not in their seats for the beginning of that second half because the bathroom lines were so long, because everyone stuck through the uh, halftime. No, I mean I'm not a huge fan of the the music, and, and you know, I did, for, certainly didn't need to visualize much of it. I mean, it was him, him with his shirt off. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, uh, uh, yeah, you know, again, the crowd was into it, and that, and they, it was, it was nice production.
0: Nice, nice, and last one. <laughs> uh, so at the moment, Melbourne uh, and and soon to be Sydney are being overtaken by. Uh, uh, by Swifty Mania, Taylor Swift's here in Australia. That was her next stop after the Super Bowl. So she performed the other night, or well, she's performing tonight again, uh, right here in Melbourne, just down the road at the MCG. But um, Taylor Swift Super Bowl was it a bit overdone for you? I actually I was listening to um, to Jim Nance on the um, on the Dan Patrick show. He was he was uh, talking about uh, the AFC Championship game, uh, and actually a lot of people complaining about how much airtime Taylor Swift was getting. They actually broke it down at CBS and Jim Nance said she was only on screen in the AFC Championship game for 44 seconds. So it's actually not that much. Super Bowl, I don't know what, the, what her total screen time was, but, uh, but uh, I don't know. Taylor Swift, the whole thing. I, I think she's actually, I, I know people might get sick of her, but she's actually ended up helping the game. She's uh, expanded NFL to a, to a broader audience
1: absolutely and yeah that 44 seconds was just a smidge more than crab cakes so crab cakes were on screen for about 35 seconds or so in that <laughs> baltimore game and uh, no she's the biggest pop star in the world you would you you would be doing a disservice not to mention she's there <laughs> yeah. and, and that she's there supporting her, her boyfriend who's a, a you know star player in the game i don't think it's too much and uh, all you hear is you hear a lot of fathers talking about what being their daughter wanted to watch the game with them which they never experienced before so uh, d- daddy-daughter time that's fantastic so i i don't see any problem with it it's not too much um they're not showing after every single travis kelsey play um, it, it, i think it's it's fine
0: yeah yeah there's uh there's a lot of uh travis kelsey uh jerseys getting around melbourne i can tell you that it's uh, been a significant increase chief let's have a look at what's uh, been happening around the other codes and what will be taking up Now a lot of our talking time on the program in the next couple of weeks and months and starting off with the NBA where we've reached kind of, I guess it's sort of the the midway point, right? With All-Star Weekend around the corner.
1: Yeah, All-Star Weekend. We had the Celebrity Game last night. Micah Parsons, the pass rusher for the Dallas Cowboys, was the MVP. Uh, CJ Stroud was the favorite to be MVP, uh, the quarterback for the Houston Texans. A lot of NFL players participating in the Celebrity Game and had the Young Stars game. Then tonight is the Uh, Slam Dunk contest where it's pretty much Mac McClung, who's not even in the NBA, is the favorite. He's in the G League, but uh, he's such a highlight reel. Uh, You have the three-point contest, which is star-studded, and so and then and then uh, tomorrow um, you have the uh, NBA All-Star game. So uh, yeah, big weekend. They love to to come in right after uh, Super Bowl weekend and uh, uh, you know get into the headlines. The NBA.
0: What are we expecting from the All-Star game? Uh, How much uh, I think the (laughs) I think in the in the the, 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 the betting um, markets here, I think the line was something like 360 points total across both teams.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you don't see any defense uh, until late in that game, and then then it does tighten up, and they you know they have something to play for. They have, I think, some money they play for charity or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's usually kind of sloppy and you know not real basketball and, until the end, and it tends to tight, tighten up a little bit.
0: Where do things stand right now in the NBA? What's uh, so We've got Boston and Cleveland and Milwaukee leading the East, and then Minnesota still on top of the West with Oklahoma and L.A., who uh, L.A. just survived, the L.A. Clippers, that is, survived a uh, scare from Golden State the other day I saw, but uh, those are the leading teams in each conference.
1: Yeah, these, the Cleveland Cavaliers have just been on fire, moving way up, passing the Milwaukee Bucks, who have struggled. They've won three out of their last ten, and uh, it's really crazy. They're firing their head coach with, with such an incredible record, and then... Uh, Doc Rivers has come in and hasn't hasn't haven't performed. So Milwaukee Bucks, very strange uh, situation there. And then the West, yeah, just wild. Seeing the Minnesota Timberwolves and Oklahoma City Thunder still up top. Um, the defending champion Denver Nuggets, though, um, they they don't have any any fear of. Uh, I think uh, those teams and uh, you know still very very poised. And yeah, you mentioned the Los Angeles Clippers and their their group of uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. James Harden with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. There's a lot of star power there and um, certainly a definite champion contender.
0: Absolutely. All right, that's going, to be, uh, that's going to be pretty much the leading item for the next couple of weeks, uh, all the way towards the playoffs now on the All-American Hour. So that's uh, what you can expect on the program over the next couple of months. We are at the end of our program this morning, but Chief, a couple of things to bring up. Firstly, we are on the precipice of the Daytona 500.
1: Yeah, the NASCAR, they start their season with their biggest event, and that, that's uh, tomorrow. Daytona 500, yeah, we got Major League Baseball, pitchers and catchers. In camp, spring training about to start in Florida and in Arizona. We got uh, uh, the NHL playing a stadium series, uh, mm. playing a couple games at uh, MetLife Stadium where the New York Jets and Giants play 80,000 outdoors as opposed to 15 to 20,000 indoors. So uh, a lot going on. UFC, golf, um, yeah, college basketball in full effect, women's and men's. It's a lot going on in the U.S. still,
0: yeah, absolutely. wise Yeah, UFC this weekend, uh, later today, actually, headlined by two Australians. Alex Volkanovski is the main event and the, the co-main event is Robert Whittaker. So it's a, a Australian heavy flavour. And the Daytona 500 tomorrow, 6.30 a.m. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you, Chief. See you then. Thank you.